0: Hello, my name is Evelina Kolatrek, and I'm the Membership Engagement and Marketing Assistant at the Royal College of Anesthetists. Um, I will be interviewing one of our wonderful college contributors for the podcast that you are about to listen to. Over 1,700 of our fellows and members selflessly offer their time, energy and skills enthusiastically to the work of the College. These roles range from examiners and committee members to AXA leads and AAC assessors. Our 2018 membership survey results showed that many more of our fellows and members would also like to get involved in the work the College undertakes. To highlight these roles further and to provide you with a true taste of what they involve, we started regular Insider's View interviews for the bulletin last year. In this issue, we have Dr. Robert Fleming, SAS anaesthetist um, from the Nottingham University Hospital and he's also a board and council member for the Association of Anaesthetists. He regularly contributes superb articles to the Bulletin. Um, He is with us today to speak about uh, authoring articles for the college and his experiences in writing and submitting articles for publications. So before we go into your experiences uh, with writing articles, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to date as an anaesthetist?
1: Um, Good morning, Evelina. So, I am a specialty doctor Eastus, as you said, working in Nottingham. Um, I've been a specialty doctor for about eight years and before that I was a trainee for five years in both the Northwest and in the East Midlands. Um, My kind of clinical interests are probably mostly obstetrics and regional and ophthalmic anaesthesia, but over the last couple of years I've become more involved with the college and then subsequently the association. and that has become another kind of interest that takes up a chunk of my time.
0: Ooh, that sounds like quite a lot of work. And um, before you started submitting articles for the bulletin for the college specifically, did you have extensive experience in writing, or did you um, do any any kind of preparation for um, learning to write articles?
1: Um, no, not at all, really. Um, I, I had a letter published in a journal more than 10 years ago when I was a trainee, but aside from that, my first article in the Bulletin, which appeared in March last year, um, was my first publication anywhere, really. Um, I've uh, subsequently had another half a dozen published between the Bulletin and Anesthesia News, because these things do tend to snowball. If you put yourself forward, you'll find that mm. people often will approach you again to uh, to submit more things, um, especially if the things that you've had printed have been well received. <laughs>
0: Um, Do you remember what your first article was about?
1: Um, So my first article, um, I was asked to write something just about my experiences of being a specialty doctor. So with the very pretentious title of Musings of a Specialty Doctor, I just wrote about my journey so far. um, What my experiences of the grade had been and the opportunities that I had found within the grade that that I hadn't necessarily realised were there until I started doing them myself. So I think my first article described that I'd just been appointed to the SAS committee at the Royal College, um, as well as the local negotiating committee, um, looking after SAS doctors within my own trust. Um, And I think really my first article was just to signpost that some of these things were available to other SAS doctors if they wanted to do them. And that the role didn't necessarily have to be entirely about service provision unless that's what they wanted it to be.
0: Okay, and um, I mean, what uh, were you asked to write the article or what, what kind of prompted you to put yourself forward?
1: Um, well, I'm I'm very passionate about advocating for SaaS doctors um, and that's why in 2018 I joined the College SAS committee. Um, at one of the first committee meetings I met Kirsten May, um, who's one of the elected SAS council members of the college. Um, she is a fairly fierce defender of outrage um, oh. and a very inspirational individual um, and it's quite hard to say no to her. <laughs> Um, she was looking for volunteers from the new committee members um, to write some content because the, foliage, the bulletin rather, has historically kept a space available in each issue for SAS-related articles, um, but um, Kirsten and Lucy Williams, the other elected SAS council member, had contributed a lot of those articles up until that point. So they were looking for someone else or other people who were prepared to you know, put something down on paper and, and talk about being a SAS doctor and SAS-related issues. Um, and as I say, I, I, I'm very keen to advocate for my grade. And, and I, always have a, I always have lots to say. Um, it's shutting me up is the trick, really. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that sounds very interesting. And then you, you mentioned that you've, um, since then, you've uh, authored quite, quite a few uh, other articles. Do you have any, um, I mean, is it mainly uh, SAS-related uh, um, issues that you speak about in your articles? Or do you have um, other uh, subject matters that you've uh, written about?
1: Um, well there's probably a reasonable SAS slant to everything that I do. Um because, you know, I, I'm now I'm no longer, I don't think, a a committee member on the SAS committee of the college, but I still attend because I'm now an elected board and council member at the association. Um and again, I most of my most of my opinions relate to SAS related matters. Um, I have had um an article published in Anesthesia News that was on a patient safety related issue. Um and I have had an article published in the bulletin which is about my experiences of taking the final FRCA as a SAS doctor. And and there's quite probably quite considerable overlap in that article for trainees who are sitting the exam as well. My viewpoint is my viewpoint, so I was writing it as you know how I had found it doing the exam as a SAS doctor and having been out of training for quite a long time.
0: Okay, I, uh, when we, Write this uh, when I write the article up for the bulletin. I will find a link to that. So if um, whoever's listening would like to ha- have a read of that, I'll definitely put a link for you there. Um, can you share any professional or personal learning or skill set that you've gained through your writing of articles for both the, for the college or the association? Um, well, I would say
1: probably skill set, not so much. I, I don't know that I write any more fluently now than I did at the beginning and <laughs> um, an awful lot of work goes on behind the scenes with the editorial team and with their uh, friends and colleagues who read my articles before they are printed to make sure that I haven't said anything too daft or completely misspelled my own name um, which you know unfortunately happens more often than you think. Um, I would say probably that the experiences that I've had related to my articles that I've enjoyed the most have been when people have gotten in touch after I've had something printed. So. After my first article in particular, um, I had a number of people email me saying that, you know, they were having difficulty as trainees and that it had reassured them that if they decided to step out of training as I had, um, that there was a role for them and that there was a bigger world out there for them as a SAS doctor um, and that you know they could still have a very meaningful career as a non-consultant anesthetist. Um, I, I also have had um, you know people email me about some of the patient safety things that I've had and I've, that I've had published and, and these things do tend to take on a little bit of a life of their own. You don't realise how many people actually read the college bulletin and anaesthesia news until you have something printed in them and then all of a sudden you'll get emails from a variety of people saying oh, I saw your article and I enjoyed it or have you thought about this um, and it's put me in contact with people who I might otherwise not have been put in contact with and, that's, and that can only be a good thing.
0: Well, that's fantastic i mean um, i mean that's what these articles are for both to reassure um reassure our membership and and the statistics uh, uh, in general to that they can reach out and um, that there are other people that are experiencing what they might be experiencing so that's that's really quite inspirational um and one last question for you. If you can give one piece of advice to someone that is thinking about writing articles um, uh, for the college or elsewhere, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Um, I'd tell them to absolutely do it. Um, I think prior to me writing articles for myself, I didn't necessarily feel that my viewpoint was something I was reading, if that makes sense. And I think if you, if you read the College Bulletin or Anesthesia News or any of the other glossies that get produced and you feel that People who are writing articles in there aren't speaking for you, and that you are unrepresented. It's very easy to to say that you know that publication is not for you, but actually, a better way of looking at it is that your demographic is what's missing. If you aren't seeing yourself represented in print, then you should stand up, you should say that you want to have something published, you should write your own content. Um, If you don't see yourself represented, you are the person that is needed in that situation.
0: That is absolutely wonderful and I hope that uh, that does inspire people to put themselves forward much more. So thank you so much uh, Dr Fleming for um, for this interview. Um, if you would uh, like to also anyone listening to this interview to um, submit an article <laughs> Please go to the website, um, in policy and communications, then in publications, there is, um, if you hit the link for a bulletin, it's where you can find all of the submission guidelines. Um, as I mentioned before, there will be an abbreviated article created from this interview, and it will appear in the January 2021 issue of the bulletin. Thank you very much for listening.